Welcome to the Next Level Soul podcast, where we ask the big questions about life. Why are we here? Is this all there is? What is my soul's mission? We attempt to answer those questions and more by bringing you raw and inspiring conversations with some of the most fascinating and thought-provoking guests on the planet today. I am your host, Alex Ferrari. I've always wanted to help the audience take their soul to the next level, so I've partnered with Mind Valley and other amazing free courses on spirituality, mind, body, soul, longevity, wealth, and so much more. All you need to do is go to nextlevelsoul.com forward slash free. Disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the show, its host, or any of the companies they represent. Now, today on the show, we have channeler Melissa Gates Perry, and she channels an entity called Arlem. And Melissa and I had a profound conversation. She does a live channeling on the show, and it is it's just a great conversation. I think that's going to really open your eyes out there. So let's dive in. I'd like to welcome to the show, Melissa Gates Perry. How are you doing, Melissa? Good. I'm doing great. I'm thrilled to be here. Thrilled thank, to be here. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, I'm excited to talk to you and to uh, the entity that you channel as well, our RLM. 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 Thank you. I'm gonna mess. I'm gonna mess that up a couple That's times. All right. so please, Everyone does. Please ask. Please, <laughs> please ask him for my forgiveness ahead Absolutely. of time. Um, but uh, you know, I, you know, I have a lot. I've had a lot of channels on the show. I yes. do love talking to channelers because of uh, the the knowledge that comes through them. But I'm also just fascinated by the process. And I think most uh, most people are who have not who are not channelers are interested. <laughs> are interested. Yeah. In it. No, so, I think you're. Um, I think you're completely right about that. And it's and it's always. Um, really amazing to be able to talk to people about what that feels like and what that's like for me. So I'm thrilled to be able to do that as well. So my first question is, what was your life like prior to this, uh, this insanity? <laughs> well, um, I was raised, people say this, I, a lot of people have difficult childhoods. I had a particularly horrific childhood. It was just very, very difficult. My parents were, uh, you know, sort of meant well, but were really drug addicts and alcoholics and I was basically, I was, I'm old. So I was born in 64. <laughs> I'm old to a lot of people on the planet. Uh, and I was raised in a bit of a hippie commune, uh, for lack of better terminology. And so there were just tons of people through our lives when my sister and I were little. So there was a lot of fear, a lot of um, stress, a lot of um, just difficult situations. And so as a kid, and you'll hear this with other people who were channels, as a kid, I did an awful lot of introspective sort of thought, and especially at young ages, thinking about things that young kids shouldn't even be thinking about around survival and what is the world, you know, what does life mean and who am I and what am I and all of that. And so when I was pretty young, I just realized that I had a really strong sixth sense. I had a really strong um, sense about people, oftentimes would sort of know what people were thinking when they weren't saying things out loud and that kind of stuff. And it, and, it, and the thing is all human beings, um, and Aralam tells me that all human beings are really born with that ability. Um, and right now on our planet, what's happening is that so many people are waking up. I mean, it's a challenging time to be alive, but it's also a phenomenal time to be alive for that reason. You know, so as a kid, I went through a lot of trauma. And then 
as I got older, um, I just started to realize that I was sort of seeing and hearing a lot of things that that my buddies and people around me weren't. And so that's kind of how I came into it. But where Aralam actually showed up in my life, and I write about it in the book, it's in the chapter, where he literally showed up in my life was, um, and I don't want to go too far into the story, um, but I had a situation that was very, very frightening when I was 21 years old. And a friend of mine wrote me a letter and said, hey, we're in this situation together. And if anything happens to me, I want you to understand why. And he was involved in some very um, kind of, you know, frightening. He was involved with a couple of frightening groups who were doing magical workings and energy work that was kind of negative and a lot of stuff like that. Well, three or four days later, he was in a car accident and died. And I became terrorized. I was so terrified because he had told me that he was fearing this was going to happen. Now, people could say coincidence, whatever. But for me, it was terrifying. And the honest to goodness truth is I started praying to God to uh, send me some assistance, meaning I literally was praying to God. And when I say that in the book, I say I wasn't praying to Christian God or the Buddhist God. I was praying to the God with a capital G, right? When I say capital G, I mean the God who created everything, regardless of your religious background. Mm-hmm. And I spent about three days doing that and just saying, please, if you've made me different like this, tell me what you want me to do. Tell me what you want me to do. And I went to bed that night. And I, at the time, my son was about two years old. I was a single mom living in a trailer park, living the dream. <laughs> As I tell people, I was I was being the stereotype. But I'll tell you, I woke up in the morning and Erlam was there. And I would have been terrified of that, except that. I had really hit that that rock bottom place where you're just you're really you're praying out of that place of 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 need that is so deep, you know, that place of fear. And Aralam showed up the next day and initially uh, and I'm talking here and you're not getting to ask another question. But I'm- initially, Aralam showed up kind of as a presence, meaning it was like I knew that he was with me because it was as if. You know how when you're in your house and if you're in your house and somebody else is in the living room, you know they're there. Do you know what I mean? You don't have to have them right next to you to know that you're in the house with others. So his presence for me initially was like that. But it was very calming and it was very peaceful and it made me feel very safe. And then over the next year or two, I just accepted that. I thanked God for that. Um, And I sort of said, great, you've sent me. I thought initially it was just going to be you sent me somebody to just help me feel more secure in life. But as it turned out, Aralam was in communications on the other side, and we started talking not shortly long after. And then so, after that, people started showing up. So let me ask you this. When you first started to talk to him, you, you don't trans-channel. So he, you no. just kind of you have a conversation with someone yeah. like he's in the room. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. So he does not, does he, so he doesn't, when you're talking to him or channeling him, it, it doesn't give you a, a burst of energy or comes through you in that way. How does that work? I know that's weird, isn't it? Um, so for me, like right now, Aralam is standing here because we're having this conversation. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's as if he's standing right next to me, just like if my best friend and my brother were standing right next to me in this room, but they weren't talking right now. Mm-hmm. But the minute he starts talking, I don't hear him out in the room. I hear him in my head. So 
it isn't like I'm hearing him in the room as I would hear you in the room, mm -hmm. but it's as clear as day. It's as clear as that to me. And let me give you another, you know, when this first started happening, I went and I talked with a couple of pastors. I talked with psychiatrists. I did all of that thinking, by the okay, way, how that, how'd that work out? Yeah, no. Well, you know what? Every single one of them said, you are not crazy. You aren't disassociative. Okay. You don't have your, you, this is not a mental illness. This is something that's happening for you. And I was lucky oh. in that way. I was very lucky. I didn't have anyone try to exercise me. And I didn't have the two therapists that I talked with about this because I said to them, is this as real as I feel like it is? And they were both, you know, we, you're, you're legit. This is what's happening to you. And of course, that was 25, 30 years ago. Now, oh, wow. people, now people are channeling. You know what I mean? People are channeling. So. Well, did you give did you give the therapist a, like a quick session or something like that to prove the situation? You know, though, <laughs> funnily enough, one of those therapists is somebody that sees me on a kind of a regular basis. So it's kind of funny. Yeah. 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 But it's been of... nothing but a blessing to me. I mean, it's it's an interesting thing to explain to people because and a lot of people say to me, oh, I would not like that. I wouldn't like having someone present with me all the time because what about when I want to be alone? What if I'm in the shower? What if I'm with being you. intimate yeah. with my significant, you know, I don't want that kind of connection. And what I say to people is, you know, Aralam has such big fish to fry every day, meaning he's on the other side. He's not caring about any of the mon mundane things that I'm doing. Really, he's not. So it's not intrusive in that way. And the other really amazing thing is that since the beginning, Aralam always has said to me, you know, the second you don't want to do this anymore, you say so, and I'm out. Meaning the door will be closed. I can close the door anytime. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Um, so it, it's not out of my control and it's completely, you know, it's been a great blessing for me and it's been a great blessing for so many people. And that's the really phenomenal piece of it. And when you started to do like this professionally, essentially yep. coming out of the spiritual closet, if you will, I know, right? Uh, how did how did your family, your friends, your people around you kind of because this again, it's a little bit outside the box. So, yeah, I was like oh, asking yeah. that question. Um, my my immediate family have always been very supportive of me. I do have some extended relatives who who have tried to get me saved up through Jesus a few times. And, I, you know, they try to say, you know, that this is not from God. But it, most of the people that know me and see my day to day life and understand who I am and they get my energy, they understand this is from God. Like, you know what I mean? God made yeah. us all some creator, whatever you believe. The other thing that I. So I've not, it's not been a hard thing for me. I haven't had a lot of pushback from family and friends. Good. And a lot of times my clients, people will come in very skeptical. They'll come in very, you know, just very skeptical. I've had people who, who have had other family members send them to me and they come in really, really skeptical and they leave feeling way better about the, the, the way that life is and what our souls are. And the other thing for Aralam is that, you know, him, the other side, where, where we go, where our energy goes after we have died, it doesn't negate any religious belief. It doesn't negate any religious belief because the bottom line is if you're a born again Christian and you've lived a phenomenally good life, if you get hit by a truck tomorrow, 
you're gonna have to pass through that entry point. Your your soul will. Now, some people would say, I don't believe that we have a soul. And Aralam says that's perfectly okay. Free will is is what there is, but you'll be surprised because eventually you're gonna end up there, at least initially. So it's 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 all inclusive in that way, which I love. I love that. Well, it's kind of like saying I don't believe in gravity. I'm like, well, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. like, well. You cannot believe in gravity, but you'll be surprised to find it's real. It's real, you know. So, right. well, you can't. Yeah, you could also be, not believe in you know electrons and protons and exactly and and the concepts of of quantum physics. But yes. you your belief in it doesn't negate doesn't, its existence. That's right. Or not. It doesn't mean it's not real. And the other really good thing for me that's been wonderful is that as I've gotten a little bit older, I'm going to be 59 soon. So I'm you know I've been doing this for a while, but. As I've gotten a little bit older, science and scientists have started to catch up to this. Yes. So it's really wonderful when you when you hear different people, Joe Dispenza and and people like that mm -hmm. um, talking about these things because this is all from where Aralam works. This is this is his backyard. This is where he works. It's, so it's really fa it's fascinating. I have a, a friend of mine who's a channeler, and he decided to go and connect his head to yes, a, a yes. scan machine yep. to see what actually is happening yeah. in his brain when he's channeling. And the science behind that was fascinating. Yes. I'm not sure it would be like you, cause he's a trans channel. Like he yep. fully trances out. He trances out. But the brain waves dropped down to, I think, gamma. Yes, uh, you know, I had that done about 10 years ago oh. because I had it done because I just wanted to have it done. And I had sure. uh, some people that knew me and knew some people that could get that done. And because I don't trance to do it, like right now, I'm fully connected to Aralam completely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I don't trance to do it. But what they found was that the the um, the eight lowest levels of my brain waves right now, while we're talking about this with that open channel to Aralam, they're in those beta waves. It's like I'm trance in a trance, but I'm not. Does that make sense? Yeah, you. That you, was the really strange thing about it. It's almost like I'm sleeping on some level. You know, it's interesting. I've I've had a few channels who have your ability in the way you do it on. Um, that will just go. Hold on a second, and boom, 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 and yes. hold on a second, and then and, yes. and, and, and they very similar. Uh, yep. so it, it and they have complete conversations and things yes. like that. But some of them can actually go into a trance if they want to go into and have them yes. kind of speak through them. But it doesn't seem like Aralam does well, that for you. I could do that. But you know what? I like, to be part of, <laughs> I like to be part of the conversation. I really like to be part of the conversation. And um, f about 20 years ago, I had a friend who wanted me and I would basically would um, I would go into a trance and then she would tape record lots of Aralam's information. But what basically happened was then I was, I like to be connected. I like to be able to know what's going on. And I also like to hear what he's saying. But you're right about that. Oftentimes, if he's really talking straight to someone, then I'm doing that very thing. I'm okay. Oh, and he's saying this, and then I'll say what he's saying. And sometimes I just say what he's saying in the sentences exactly. But it's all me hearing him and being wide awake, which I love. I love that piece of it. Well, so is it possible? I have a, a a handful of questions uh, for Ireland sure. if, if he is interested in answering them. They are, they are, I'd like to call them, they're tough questions. That's questions right. that we get asked a lot about. Yes. And they're, 
I call them minefield questions because I'm going to take a quick drink if you don't mind. Please, please. They're kind of like minefield questions because those questions are so difficult to answer and they can spawn off into a bunch of different things. Yes. And a lot of people have very strong beliefs around these questions. Okay. So I love that's I love asking channels this because yeah. uh I'm really curious to hear what he has to say. So Right. Okay. Are you are you ready? I am so ready. Erlam <laughs> <laughs> just said she is always ready, Alex. That's what yeah. he just said. She, yes, he just sir. said she is always ready. Yes, he does sir. have kind of a fun, dry sense of humor, Erlam, which I like. So he was British in a former life, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, right. I know, right? Actually, Welsh. Yes, he was. He was Welsh. In a, yeah. There you go. So there, there comes yeah. that, the sense of humor. Okay. First question. What happens to souls if they decide to leave their life early or commit a suicide? Okay. That is a, a big question. And Erlam is going to give you, it's going to be a little, he's saying to me, it's going to be a little bit of a long answer. Please. Before you are born into this life, you will have made soul contracts with usually between five and 10 people. Those are going to be your closest people. And those contracts consist of what are the lessons we're going to learn together? What are the experiences we're going to have together? These are positive experiences and negative experiences. What are we going to do together? We're going to have all these possible timelines and we're going to all come in together. So your parents, your children, your spouses, you know, sisters and brothers, you make all of these soul contracts before you're born as a group. And you tend to do that on purpose and you'll, you'll work through different lifetimes like this. And what it is, is in one lifetime, you could be the father figure who has trouble with addiction and your children all agree to come in and try to learn and struggle and do the right things around that so that everyone heals so that you're then your whole group wouldn't have to learn those lessons again. So that being said, on top of it, everyone has free will. The creator of this universe and all of the universes, the first rule of law is free will. Your free will can never be taken from you, okay? So uh, as he's saying, all of your souls, y'all come in and in your lifetime together. Then somebody in your group, say it's a brother in a family, commits suicide. That completely destroys all of the pre-conceived agreements that you all had because you never agree to have anybody commit suicide. It's like leaving the game early, right? We're, we're supposed to be born in and then your whole life is like, the, I mean, it's not to make it sound, he's saying, not that the word game is insinuating that it's not serious, your life, because it is, but you're in the game together. You've agreed to do this together. And if somebody does not play it out to its, to its end, then what you're literally doing is you're throwing everyone else's timelines off completely, completely. Well, and so, again, Erlam is saying right now, this isn't a judgment. In other words, say that you're the person who commits suicide, your soul moves back over to the entry point where Erlam is at. But what happens is, rather than just, you'll be, meet by, you'll be met by your people over there and maybe the people in your family who have already crossed over. But what doesn't happen is that you don't immediately get to go and decide what are you gonna do next? You don't go through your life review right away because what you've done is you've extinguished your life early now you've thrown everybody left back on the planet into complete turmoil, complete, because that's not ever an option. And people hate to hear Erlam say that. They hate to hear him say that because people want to believe that 
and people can believe whatever they want to believe, but I'll tell you, and it's in the book. There's a whole chapter on suiciding. He calls it suiciding out of a lifetime. You're just, it is, Erlam literally says that in, create, in the creator's eyes, committing suicide is worse than, create, than doing murder to someone. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. And the reason is you and someone else might come into a life where one of you has is determined that you might be the murderer and the other might be the victim in order to have lessons. But suicide is never used in that way. It's a no-go. It's a don't do it. So if somebody does that, when they get to the other side, they have to, their soul is held in a waiting area and it is literally held in a waiting area until such time that every person Every life that that suicide impacted has a chance to run its course and they come back over. But you know, the statistics say that if your great great grandfather committed suicide, you have what? A 60% higher chance of doing it yourself. And that's a great great grandfather, right? So that soul has to wait it out. In other words, they literally have to wait it out. And the other issue is that that soul will have the opportunity and be made to feel to actually feel every single thing that their suicide made all of those around them feel because now they're they've they've messed up all of the all that covenant they signed those agreements they said yes we agree you can't get out early i've had so many people come to me and say you know i'm i'm depressed i'm this or that i'm like listen you cannot you you can't do that do whatever else you need to do i mean there's, there's a million, and I know that it's a chemical imbalance, and I know that that seems very hard and a very harsh rule, but you, and I know people who are suicidal are suffering. I, I get all of that, and Aralam does too, and the, and the, but it's just, it's a no. It's a no. It's a no. So now, so, so go the, ahead. Uh, the real quick question then, what happens to the, the, the lives left on earth since they are, they're now basically kind of like free, free flowing, if you will. They're yes. not connected anymore. They're lost almost. Well, so it throws everybody else out of whack. It does. Do they continue to learn in other ways? Is there new timelines created? Well, the, the and Aralam talks about this in the book, and this is why a lot of this information is coming out through channels right now, and it's good. So if you're someone who has had a suicide close to you or someone that you care about, what you need to do first is you need to understand the best way to help your friend or family member is to get help for yourself. Because if you can get to the point where you can stop feeling guilty yourself and you can really truly forgive them and let them go, that will take time off their waiting. So everything that you do after the suicide from earth affects the person on the other side. Mm. So you, you really need to work on yourself to understand it's not about you. And the other thing is, is that people sometimes will go, they'll go into that guilt place. If only I had done this, if only I had done that. And then you end up feeling like you're not a good person because you didn't, you didn't stop it, right? You didn't stop it. It's not your responsibility at all. And I speak not only from Aralam's point of view, but from my own, I had a very dear friend who committed suicide. And the really, really strange thing was for the first three years after he was gone, I kept saying to Aralam, have you heard anything from him? Have you heard anything? And he said, no, he's in rest. He can't do anything because he did this thing. And then all of a sudden, he did show up to me. He did show up with Aralam. And he said, if you could release me from your anger around this, then that is one thing I can check off my sort of to-do list here because 
really, if you commit suicide, you spend eons of time trying to to wait it out or or make it better for people that you left behind. It's just bad. It's bad karma. And and if you uh, from what I've heard before is that suicides also when they come back, they got to deal with every the same situation that yes. they left with. Yeah. And so they because they have to go through it, they have to pass through. But yes, you can't you can't skip it. That suicide literally whatever it's whatever the life experiences that you're having, not you, but whoever the person would be, any life experience that you're having that's making you feel overwhelmed to the point where you're going to commit suicide. If you commit suicide, first you're going to have to deal with everybody else's ramifications that loved you or or you or you were it's why when really famous people commit suicide, it's the worst. Because how many people that didn't even know them now commit suicide? Oh. Because do you see what I'm saying? Robin Williams. All those numbers are Robin kept Williams. on the other side. Yeah, Robin Williams. Uh, oh, no, but actually, but but th that's a good question, though. Like, Robin Williams had a disease. Yes. He, th okay, so, so how does that work? Here's the caveat. Here's the one I was getting to that, and you got you psychic hotlined me right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you, the one thing is, is that if you have a disease that is debilitating to the point where it's going to kill you, then you most likely would have put that into your timeline possibilities, meaning everybody in your group would have agreed, okay, one of the things that could happen to me is I could get cancer. And once I get to the point where I can't take that cancer anymore, or if I'm to the point where I've lost my mind, or do you see what I'm saying? Like, if I'm not, if I'm, because depression and suicide depression is yes a disease but it's not something that's going to kill you today right right but what robin but williams you, has for an example was, was literally going to kill him it was going to kill him and he right. knew it and it, and right so that is that's the only loophole to this that's the only loophole because robin williams and i'm not Erlam is not telling me this is for sure but i'm going to use it as an example and he's telling me that that's valid you know he may have made an agreement with all of his people and said, look, you know, there's a possibility that my end of life is going to be this. And everybody would have agreed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But just depression alone, it's not because you can you can talk to people every day. You can call somebody at any moment and say, look, this is where I'm at. Okay. Stop me from doing this. Help me. So it's a really big one that you don't want to do. Well, that was a, a a great answer to a difficult question. Um, now, one other a question that I've had uh, I've had a curiosity about is too is at what point does the soul enter the body? Is it in the womb? Is it at conception? Okay. Is it at birth? What is the actual? Because I've heard multiple different yep. things. So, Erlam, um, and it's in the book as well. And some people are going to hate this answer, and some people are going to agree with this answer. Um, Erlam basically says there are two things at play here. Firstly, the idea that two human bodies can create, organically create another vessel, a body, right, to house a human soul, that is a miracle all by itself. That I mean, piece of it is a yes, miracle. Yes. So once a soul, um, once a soul, say that you, you know, when you were on the other side and you made agreements about who your mother was going to be. Um, once your mother became pregnant with you, you will go to your soul, go on the other side, goes to this area of what Erlam calls the forgetting. And it's like, it's, it's basically this place on the other side where your soul goes there and it becomes very tightly condensed into a much smaller area. And you forget everything. You forget your time on the other side. You forget your agreements. Now there's a reason that you forget your agreements. And that's because 
if you knew everything going in, you would never take any challenges. You would never do anything difficult, right? You wouldn't take the difficult lessons because you'd already know what was coming. So once you're all in there and you're in the area of the forgetting and you're ready to be born, at, at 16 weeks gestation, this is what Aralim says, approximately 16 weeks, the mother's body will then either be fully ready, like this, this pregnancy is going to go on, organically, everything is fine. She's going to accept this pregnancy, whatever that is. At 16 weeks, the soul moves into approximately, the soul moves into the vessel and is seated there. And that is a pretty instantaneous thing. That doesn't take very long. Um, from what Aralam tells me, at the moment of conception, basically what happens on the other side. So you could say, you know, I mean, at the moment of conception, it's as if a flip, a switch is flipped on the other side. That's a light, when a light bulb a light goes, goes on. Right. A light bulb goes on and you're and you're like, okay, I'm gonna go into the area, I'm gonna get coalesced into a very tight area of energetic soul body. I'm going to have the comfortable, warm forgetting. And that's about 16 weeks earth time it takes to do that. And then I will drop into that body. So the, but the, the moment but, the, but to be interrupt, I don't mean to interrupt you, but at any moment between those 16 weeks, uh, there could be a miscarriage. There could be yes. multiple different things. And if that happens, accidents, things like that, then if the that light happens. Then the whole thing is, is put on hold and you're released back out of that area until okay. your mother would maybe get pregnant again. Right. And and it's just kind of like a almost like a hot scotch, hopscotch kind of thing. You're like, okay, do, get getting ready to right. jump in, getting ready to jump in. Oh, right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. Although, um, from what an Aralim is is he's kind of interrupting right now, but he's saying normally if you're if the mother becomes pregnant, in other words, she's now had the conception, normally if that if that conception is strong and wanted and there, the agreements that would be in place would have a lot of power there meaning if something happened then it happened but but chances are pretty good that you're going to end up there got it got it got it but 16 weeks ish is when that's heirloom calls it the seating the seating okay. of the soul we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor and now back to the show now we've spoken and you've kind of hinted about this earlier and 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 I've talked about this in many other episodes before about the soul's blueprint about yep. our agreements about our uh, you know ideas of what we want to learn in these lives. I get this question all the time why or how can we still have free will if we have laid out this beautiful blueprint that we all have to yes. walk anyway. So how how is this free will thing okay. work then? So this is amazing and awesome. So, and again, Erlim talks, uh, and I'm going to give you the overview from what Erlim is saying. Um, so basically, you were born into your life with maybe four or five or six, say, possibility arcs, meaning you'd still be running into the same other souls, but the arcs of possibility are there. Free will is always yours. So even if you came into this lifetime fully well knowing that you were going to be an accountant who gets in a motorcycle accident and ends up in a wheelchair. Say that that is your main, and then your whole lesson plan is to overcome that challenge, be a, a, a great human, go on to be a lawyer after that, marry, have children, do all that stuff. You don't have to do it. You could do none of those things. Mm -hmm. you, you are never on a path that is set in stone. You could literally ignore all of the lesson plans that you put in place 
You will not be judged for that, but you won't get credit for them because you didn't do them. You see what I mean? But but, but would there be... Um, uh, you'd have to do it be, again. Well, those specific lessons, yeah, but then there'll be a whole bunch of new stuff that you'd be learning along the way. Yeah, you could. You, you could do other things and you might get credit for those things. It, say that... Because it's not so much the specific thing, it's the lesson. Say that you want to come in and you want to learn about suffering. You really want to come in and suffer, but overcome it. Well, you could put all these possible, you're going to put these possibilities in your timeline that, that, that would be the, the best ways to do those things. But chances are, even if you don't go with those specific ways to suffer, you'll find another way to get to that lesson. So that, see what I mean? Mm -hmm. And if you really, really, really avoided all of your lessons, and you got to be a 90 year old man and then you pass back over, you're going to be met by your people. And when you have your life review, because everybody has one, you're They're going to say, well, you went in with these objectives and you didn't really hit on any of them, but you had a great time in this life and you were a really good person or you didn't hit any of your objectives and you were kind of a, a you weren't a good person. in this life. You were terrible. And so you, you're going to have to go back around again. You're not going to be able to, you know. Walk, you're not going to avoid those the next time around. Well, from my understanding is that when you, you know, let's say I come down in this in this lifetime and I'm supposed to be <clears throat> a basketball player. Yes. In the NBA. Uh, and as I'm going through life, I decide to become an astrophysicist. Yeah. Um, and I start going down that path because I I got interested in astrophysicism, right, astro right. astrophysics. But then. From what I understand is that your guides, the you know, source, the universe will start to kind of nudge you yes. in the direction that you're supposed to be going based on the agreements you laid out. You yes. can ignore those. And from my understanding, you ignore those at your own peril because the first one is a gentle whisper. The next one's a little pat on the back. Eventually, it's going to be a sledgehammer across the head. It can How does be. that work? How does that well, work? Well, it, it can be, and it depends on which piece of your lifetime you sort of aren't listening to. Mm. The, the the really big lesson plans that you lay down for yourself, it's not likely that people are going to stray very far from those. Then there right. are a lot of peripheral things, right? There are a lot of things in the periphery that you want to add into the lifetime. I mean, it's very much like making sort of a, a karmic soul salad in a way, right? It's mostly going to be the lettuce. It's mostly the stuff that you know you're going to go there for. Um, so yes, your guides will give you nudges. However, um, and Erlam states this all the time to me, um, a guide can never do anything to you. They're not allowed right. to do that. Right. They can't do anything negative to you. And they, there's no repercussion from them if you don't do the things that you really should be doing. However, mm -hmm. let me, cause I know you've got a, but yeah, I can see the, but happening. However, if you are really going against your life path, you're the thing that's making you light up, the thing you're supposed to be going there to do, um, because if you avoid your life path to that degree, you're going to be missing some of the other people you're supposed to be meeting and helping, right? Mm -hmm. So if you really do that, yes, the, the great hand of the creation will sort of give you a push here and there or make you, you know, it'll send things into your path to get you going in the right direction. Absolutely. Okay, yeah, because that's because from what I heard from near death experiencers is that sometimes yeah. they've gone they've they've gone so far off the path that the near death experience or the accident is a wake yes. up call for them. Hey, absolutely. Either you get out of this life now, or yes. 
you got to go back down the path that, we're, that you're supposed to be on that you agreed upon. So that's what I've heard from multiple near-death yes. experiencers. That's why I was and I, asking And that, that is completely valid. And the other thing about the near-death experiencers is that they go where they go. And to the, I mean, you know, you, you now you can hear hundreds of people, thousands of people talking about this. And it's so amazing because they're all going to the same place. Pretty much. And it's where, pretty much. And it's where Aralam is working with a mil millions of other guides, right? So they show up there and sometimes they don't let them come all the way in because it is meant to be a wake up call. You know, they're saying, look, you don't really belong here right now, but you got to get it together, man. You, you know, you're supposed to be doing ABC. And I think that a lot of times um, from what Aralam has shown me and oftentimes in readings, I'll have people come through in readings who say, you know, I am very torn. I feel like I'm on the wrong road. I feel like I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. And their people will show up and, and give them details about where they're supposed to be headed, which is really awesome. Now, this is another interesting question. I've heard of this idea, and this might make people's heads explode a little bit. <laughs> it's okay. I'm used to exploding heads. I mean, your head <laughs> might explode a little bit, and there might be a little bit of smoke that comes out of the ears with this question. Okay. I've heard that you can, uh, or I heard that you can experience multiple lifetimes at the same time. Can you explain how that's possible within our world of time and linear time okay. that we've created? So from what Aralim tells me, because he talks a lot in the book about time, space, and frequency, right? Mm -hmm. And Nikola Tesla was all about the frequency. If you can, if you can get your brain um, tuned into the right frequency at the right timing rate, you can sort of be anywhere all the time or all the time, nowhere. If I know that's confusing, but that's what Aralim is saying. So what that generally means, Aralim is telling me that on this planet right now, people are not, you're not able to be living two timelines on a single planet. Now, souls that are very highly, highly um, seated, meaning they've had tons of lives and they're not dealing with the kinds of things these are the souls that come back to this planet now to be huge helpers. You know, the people who come up with, you know, the Nikola Teslas or the, the great, you know, Jesus or the Buddha, these kinds of souls, they have the capability of living multiple lifetimes simultaneously, but not on a single planet, meaning they're not living. You're not, you and I are not being two different human beings on this planet now because our head would explode. We don't have the, right. In these bodies, our bodies right now are, are coming into a big change. That's the other thing. It's a phenomenal time to be alive. It's a challenging time to be alive, but it is an amazing time to be on this planet because we have the opportunity right now to just explode into much more positive, high, higher level souls, right? Mm -hmm. Into that next level soul, no pun intended. We really, <laughs> that's where we are right now. So it's just an amazing time to be alive. But so Aralam says that he's saying to me right now, um, he actually, what he said was Melissa, stay on topic. <laughs> he just told me to stay on topic. So yes, it is possible, but it's not really possible for the general humanity that's on, on the planet right now. And to make people's head explode more. I mean, Aralam talks all the time about other planets that are inhabited and, you know, that well, there I, are uh, other universes and all of that stuff. Like that is a reality. But in our universe right now, it's, it's not for us. We're not doing that right now. I mean, yeah. And, and regardless, I mean, it's kind of like this is for a lot of space for if it's just us. 
Um, yeah, no, regard, no, no, no. It, it, that that doesn't make a lot of logical sense, even in a scientific no. standpoint. And, and science, right? I mean, even even physicists are saying, guys, there has to be something there has else to be out something. there. Yes, um, yes. What they are, I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's a stretch, but. The idea is that Aralam says, you know, so really you, if you wanted to say that you live to be an 88 year old man and you pass away and you do, you basically did everything here that you needed to do and you did pretty, pretty well at it. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. You get to the other side, and of course, you're going to meet up with the folks that went on before you in your group, in your pod, your soul pod, um, and you're going to look at the life you just had. But you do have the opportunity at that point to determine, do I want to go on with these folks right now? Do I want to have another life on Earth? Do I want to go to some other planet? You know what I mean? Maybe half your pod's going to go to some other planet and then come back together because we keep coming back together with the people that we're in it with. And the people we struggle the most with are the ones we've been with the longest but th- from what I understand too, this is uh, this is the Harvard or the Yale of uh, experiences. Like this is a tough, tough. Yes, this is yeah. Earth is Earth is no joke. I mean, you have to really all this. But th- that's the other really wild thing, is that right now a lot of times Aralam will let me see. When I say see, I mean like see in my mind's eye. My I have a door, like I have a physical door that I can close. It's like an office door. And if I want to have a weekend where I'm just going to go eat cheeseburgers and lay on the beach and drink a cold cerveza and kind of just let this not be thinking about any of this, I can literally close that door and then I don't have to see because I see lots of souls and people coming and going all the time on the other side through that door. I can see it in the hallway. And oftentimes Aralam will say, oh, you know, there's a huge influx of souls being born onto the planet right now. And that has been ramping up more and more. Obviously. So souls are wanting all the souls who are the big, the big cheeses, like the souls who are really high level souls who have been through a ton of stuff. They want to be on the planet right now because of this huge shift we're having. This right, is I've heard thing. that. Yeah, I've heard I mean, that. Your podcast is, is one of the, you know, this is a place where people are going, you know, I need to look into this. I want to grow. I want to think about what this means. So it's a phenomenal time for that. Now. I've heard of something recently that was it caught my ear, and I'd love to hear uh, what you have to say about it. Family karma or oh, ancestral yeah. karma, yep. which, you know, we all understand. Well, hopefully most people understand the concept of karma. I think it's pretty much in the zeitgeist of, of humanity at this point, that karma, you know, you do something wrong, something comes back at you to a right, certain right. extent. I mean, that's the basics, the very rudimentary level of that. But but then this concept of ancestral karma, meaning that yes. like you your great 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 grandfather in your in your line you know fell off of a of a an aztec building or aztec pyramid and now you are still afraid of heights yeah and you have to fight through that or something yes. or something along those lines yeah so and airline is saying so so what this what this is connected to is is that say that Three generations back, your grandfather was an alcoholic who hit everybody in the family. I'm not saying he was, I'm just saying as an example, right? And then, but nobody ever, no one ever uh, confronted him on that because of the time in our history or whatever it was, or say it was four generations back. Well, then what's happening is not only on a physical level, but on a psychic and spiritual level, that energy never got stopped with your grandfather. No one ever stopped him and nobody ever healed from that karma, right? Nobody ever healed from that abuse. 
the chances of his children going on to do some form of that abuse are pretty high. Now, even if they don't, it was never dealt with psychically or spiritually back then. So what it is, is that there's this unseen energetic body that the family keeps carrying forward until someone, say like you, says, hey, I was looking through great grandma's grandma's papers. You know, I've got a trunk of stuff from her. Was great, great grandpa Bernie, was he a kind of a drunk and a hitter? Well, everybody would need to see that that was the truth, talk about it, bring it out in the open, let light be on it, and then everybody heal from that. And also, everybody in your family would want to look at themselves and look at each other and say, are we carrying any of that with us? Are any of our behaviors like that at all? Do we do anything that reminds us of that? So you, you, you need to, people need to stand up and physically and emotionally, but then spiritually release from that because hidden secrets, right? If, if, if three generations back, uncle Ernie was somebody who inappropriately touched all the cousins, right? But no one spoke of it. We won't speak of it. We're just going to Ernie, just don't get near Ernie. Well, then you know how that goes down through the generations, because even if you don't go on to be somebody who's inappropriately touching children yourself, you're living with that scar. Then you're going to raise kids and you can't help but give them that scar. And that's why Aralam is like everybody on the planet right now needs to look at our histories. We need to look at where we are wounded. Where are we wounded? Where are we wounded? And it can be a wound that's old. It could be a wound that you're carrying that your mother gave to you. And that's where that karma is. That's what it means. Now, but it's healable and it's fixable. Good, good to know. Now, I've also heard of, in my studies uh, of yogic philosophies and Eastern philosophies, the concept of enlightenment. Um, yep. When the Buddha found enlightenment, uh, Jesus found enlightenment, um, and so many other masters have found enlightenment over the years. I heard on a karmic level that when a soul does get, get to the level that it transcends needing to come back or incarnate right. at this level, it's such a powerful thing that they fix the karma for their soul group and can go back five or six or 10 generations and clear karma for everybody that's yes. basically in their group. Is that a true statement? That is absolutely true. And how that works is, and a lot of times, Erlan will say this, and he's saying this right now. Oftentimes, you will find one person in a, in a pod, a soul group who says, I'm going to come in this time with everyone else and I am going to take the hit for everybody. Meaning, you know, I'm going to come in and I'm going to be born into a big family, all of you, but I'm going to get, I'm going to get childhood cancer at nine and I'm going to suffer for the next 10 years of my life, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it with incredible courage and nobility. And then I'm going to die young and it's, and, and I'm going to give that time up and I'm going to give this to you as a gift. All of that pain that you guys are going to have from this, I'm giving it to you as a gift. So I'm going to sort of sacrifice myself in this lifetime in order to gift you. And all you all have to do is you have to find a way to overcome this pain of lo the loss of this child without becoming drug addicts, without being angry, without, mm -hmm. you know, you got to grow through it. And if everybody can do that, we all move up a couple levels. Or more. But no, but I'm talking about like the ultimate level, meaning like you've, yes. you've reached the end of the Jesus, Jesus. Yes. G everybody well, around Jesus. the interesting thing about yeah. that. There mm -hmm. is an ultimate level, but an Aralam has said to me a lot of times, once you get to that level, um, many, many times those souls who are at that level where they never have to reincarnate, they are literally 
ascended beings. Half of the time, Erlam says they quietly come back into lifetimes on very difficult planets in order to try to help as many souls up as they can. Right, which is which is what what Jesus and Buddha yeah. and the, these kind of these kind of uh, souls did. But when they do reach that enlightenment, does that help the soul group? Meaning, like it it, it can they wipe out karma for the entire soul group by their own by their own ascension? By their ascension, um, they can. But oftentimes, and Erlim is saying, oftentimes and most of the time, the souls around them will have already been raising up anyway. Meaning you, he's saying you never get a soul who's very close to ascension, right? Familyed up with a whole bunch of souls who are who just 20 started or 20 or 50 levels below. It doesn't happen. Right. So everyone's kind of coming. He's everybody's kind of, kind of yeah, yeah. You stay at the same level. And the reason that you do that is because you're always agreeing. You keep agreeing to come back in for the big lessons. And the other thing he is saying right now to remember is that Oftentimes the people with the hardest lives, the people who are struggling, 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 but get through it, they're oftentimes the people who are bringing their group with them. You know, they're, they're, they're bringing everybody up. So he's saying, and, and now he's saying, it seems very simple, but it is one reason that you should always, or anyone should always embrace their worst challenges, really embrace those challenges and grow through them on purpose. Do it on purpose. He's saying, make those decisions to stick with the hard things on purpose, like know it, like own it. Say, he's saying, you know, say to yourself, my soul chose these things on purpose because they're hard and I can do this. And he's also saying to me that right now, the reason that so much channeled information has come through is because if a, a person starts to understand they have a soul and that they can work through that soul. In other words, you can look at your whole life through the eyes of your soul how much good work are you going to be able to do? A ton. The a ton was my part. <laughs> Oftentimes I use vernacular and sometimes, Alex, I will even swear in a reading, which I'm not going to do here. I appreciate occasionally, that. Occasionally I'll swear in a reading and Erlan will say to the person, she swears, I don't swear. It's so funny. <laughs> I've heard of, 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 of uh, channels who do swear. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Like yeah, they're, I personally they're, they're, swear, but he doesn't swear. So no, no, but the other, but the entity, oh yeah, the other side. Some do, but he he doesn't. He's yeah, pretty depends. dry. He's very you know. <laughs> he's proper. He's a proper. Yeah, he's well, a little more proper than me. He's a proper I'm not Welshman. as proper as all that. But he's it'll a proper be funny because he'll say he'll say, "Be sure to tell them that was your choice of word." <laughs> now another idea that I think that we I love to dig into a little bit is the concept of co-creation, our co-creating our reality. And what we kind of want to have in our lives and what we can create. The the secret and the law of attraction idea that was seeded in the early 2000s was the very beginning and kind of manipulated in a way like, hey, I want a new car and a new car is going to show up. Like that's not the way it works. But generally, can, can, uh, can you guys talk about co-creation of your reality that you're in? Okay. So, um, and Erlam calls this manifestation, right? Co-creation yes. manifestation. So manifestation is 1000% true. He's, I mean, those are his words right now. It is 1000% true. And the thing that people need to understand is it's 1000% true that you can manifest positive things into your life. And it's 1000% true that you can manifest negativity into right. your life. Right. 
So with manifestation, in the book, Erlam talks about something called a faith tether. It's an electromagnetic tether that every soul has, which goes up through your crown chakra. It attaches you to the other side. It attaches to your soul, but it comes through your frontal cortex kind of this way. And it's a faith tether. So anytime that you're praying, that you're manifesting, that you're meditating, you're literally using this energetic piece of your brain that isn't physical, but it is connected to your soul. The uh, He calls it faith tether. So what Aralam always says, and what I think the secret and things like it miss, they made it so simple. And it is simple, but it's specific. And he's just saying, it's simple, Alex, but it's specific. And he wants, he's saying, I want your listeners to understand this. To manifest something, it isn't that you are praying for it. You're not praying that it happens. You are praying it, that it is. So when you are praying for something, the best way to do that or manifest or meditate, however you want to do it, it's that you, you connect your feeling of it already being. You physically, emotionally have to sit and feel the feeling of having that job or having that home or having that relationship feel the way you want it to feel with someone else or the healing or the healing of a relationship or whatever it is. If you want to, if you have zero dollars in your bank account, but you know that your life would be changed for the positive if you could spend two weeks on a beach in Fiji then you need to spend your time not thinking necessarily initially about the how of it. Don't worry about the how of it. You need to literally meditate or pray and feel yourself sitting in the sand on the beach in Fiji. Listen to ocean sounds while you're doing that. Feel the sand, feel the heat of the, you have to emotionally feel it as if it's already here. And what that's doing is that sends the energy from your soul, that intention, it's everything is intention, and I know that people talk a lot about intention and Erlam is saying right now, you, you literally must do it literally this way. That is the literal format to do it. And the other thing is at the same time, as you're already there, you're thanking the universe, the creator, God, however you want to say that, or, you know, female, however you want to look at God, but you're also having that incredible, because if you're, if you're sitting on the beach in Fiji how grateful are you going to feel that immense, you know, that feeling you get inside when you're so grateful. It's, it's just the most grateful thing. So you have to have all that feeling and then you have to sort of let go of it and know that it's going to happen. Of course, you still have to dig the ditch, right? So you're still going to, you know, it, all of that will, the universe will start bringing that to you through the dark matter fabric. And I don't want to get too deep down the rabbit hole, but there's, uh, Erlam does a whole section on dark matter and what dark matter is. Dark matter is, is what God gave us. It's sitting out there. It's everywhere around you. And it's literally a field that is waiting for you to tell it what to do. Is it the quantum field? It, 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 it is. It's a part of the quantum. He calls it dark matter fabric. So it's everything that's between everything else. And it literally can go, it can be made into anything, but it needs intention. It literally, it, it needs, needs a intention. Programmer. It needs a programmer and it's yes. the code. Mm -hmm. But it'll it'll program anything. So if you sit all day alone thinking, I know that I'm going to die alone of toenail cancer. If you think that over 10 years, there's a pretty good chance you're going to manifest that for yourself. Now, Erlim is saying, he just said, the caveat is he's not saying that everything bad that happens to everybody 
is because they were thinking it. But if you can catch yourself and stop that behavior, worrying is the worst kind of praying. It's the worst. You don't want to do it. It, it, Again, the dark matter uh, fabric sounds very very similar to the matrix, meaning that once once you understand. The thing about it is, though, is the dark matter fabric, it doesn't, the dark matter fabric is there for every soul. Yep. And it doesn't have any bias one way or the other. It's code. So nothing, nothing that you would pray for is too big of a prayer, no healing, no amount of prosperity. And the other thing that's so interesting, because Erlim just said, don't forget to tell him this part. So the other thing is that the universe loves when one person can help more people and more people and more people. So if if you're praying for something, and you and I talked about this, I won't go into that, but you and I talked about this. So if you are praying and meditating and manifesting for something great to happen to you, and that that great thing happening to you is going to actually help tons of other people have great things as well, the the dark matter fabric and the universe loves that, like loves it. I can't say loves it big enough because the whole idea here is that the snowball wants to be getting bigger in the positive direction. And if you're you're aiming for that, if you're you're aiming aiming outside of yourself, if being of service to others, yes, things become all the things you need are going to come as well. And not just the things you need, meaning it's not just that you would only get, you know, a good sturdy tent to live in. It means that all the things you need and if, if, if things that make you give you joy would be a car or a house or whatever, great. As long as you're, it's also helping other people, which is why I loved doing the readings and why I love the book because I'm, you know, it's, it's a way for, for all this stuff, all these lessons and all this talk from Airlam to get out there to people. So I love that. Now I'm going to ask you a few questions. I ask all of my guests. Okay. Uh, what is your definition of living a good life? You could answer or our Airlam can answer. Um. Okay, well, I'm going to let Erlam answer first because his answer and mine are going to be very different. <laughs> well, not very, but a little, you know? Okay. Okay, so Erlam is saying from a soul perspective, living a good life is coming into this lifetime, uh, successfully traversing all of the lessons you would have laid down for yourself while also finding other lessons that give you joy and happiness and harmony that you didn't even program into your situation. Meaning you just, you know, and he's also saying, um, filling yourself up with joy all the time. And he's saying, if you can leave this lifetime, understanding that even the challenges were some of the biggest blessings. um, And he's just saying, he knows that sounds a little cliche, but it's so simple and it's so true. And and embrace your challenges because those are the things that you're going to look back on and go, I'm glad that I grew through that. I'm glad I lived through that because now look what's happened after it. Right. So that's what he's saying. Me. I would say a successful life for me is just to be able to reach a ton of people, have a really good time and, you know, just do the things I love to do. And the other thing I think for people, and, and this is a hard one for people, I think, is that it took me a while. And I think it wouldn't have taken me, I shouldn't say that it didn't take me as long as some people, but I think on our planet right now, people should just start being exactly who they are without fear. Do you know what I mean? Like, of course. Because here I am, I was a 23-year-old with suddenly being a channel. I had to get over it really quickly. Like, I couldn't pretend anymore that I was was with the status quo, right? Or or that I was going to be the way that other people thought I should be or whatever it is. I just think human beings right now are on this precipice of having the, the the, the time frame is perfect for everybody to just get really, really deeply into 
the most positive aspects of themselves. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't ever want to hurt other people, but if everybody could get super free to look, they want to look and be who they want to be. And I suppose in a way, it's a little bit of like a spiritual libertarianism. Right. Right? It's like, it's like everybody just be nice and everybody get to be completely freely who they are. And if you want to be an organic goat farmer, go for it. Be the best one you can be. If you want to be an accountant, if you want to be a stay at home mom, if you want to be, you know, a designer who designs buttons for, you know, high end clothes, whatever you want to do, just be a super good human while you're doing it. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. What so is your that's defi- my life. That's what I want. That's my thing. I, I always want to do that. What is your definition of God? Um, well, I was, it's funny. I was raised, um, Erlam just folded his hands and said, you can answer this one. So he just, he folded his hands and said, go, go ahead. Um, so I was raised, um, even though I was raised in that hippie commune and it was very difficult. Most of my family around were pretty hardcore born again, Christians, and I got nothing against born again, Christians at all or any religion. Mm -hmm. Um, but through my experiences with Erlam, you know, God to me, God is not female. God is not male. God is sort of all things. Firstly, there's no, doesn't seem to be any, um, <clears throat> from what I understand of God. When I, when I ask Errol, when I want to pray to God, because I, I do, I pray to God occasionally. When I do that, Errol and everybody that's right on the other side there, they all step aside, whoever's around. My prayers, the energy of my prayers go up, up, up into this sort of never ending white light that's way far above us. Um, I don't think that God is punitive. I really don't. I think, and I don't think that God is, I think that God is the creation force from which all things come. And I think that originally God just created our universe, all the universes, everything that's in creation. I think God did that specifically to be able to watch us have lives and have offspring. I really do think that's what it is. And I think God is is a benevolent, non- threatening. I think all of the threatening pieces of God that we learn on our planet are from men's mouths. Oh, obviously. You know? Yeah. yeah. So to me, God is just this. And also God is, is to me like an all forgiving creation source that lets us, I mean, think about all that we're allowed to do. I mean, if God was a different, if God wasn't just this all knowing sort of awesome, perfect space of creation, that that creative God wouldn't let us do all the crazy stuff we do. I mean, we get in trouble all the time, you know, so. Now, where can people find out more about you and your book? And Okay, and the so the book, it? I'll hold it up here. I'll do this. Please. The book is called Being Humans, and mm-hmm. it's a channeled, it's channeled guide. It is uh, simultaneously chapters about my childhood, and then Erlam uses those chapters as learning tools about soul growth and what to do with that. And then Erlam talks about everything. He talks about what I call the lobby birth and rebirth, death, suicide, everything you could ask, a lot of what you didn't ask today is in this book, Erlam speaking on that specifically. Um, uh, you can find me at melissagatesperry.com. I'm also Melissa Gates Perry on YouTube. I'm on Instagram, all the places, <laughs> all the different places that you can find smiling faces. I'm up on all those places. And the book is at Amazon and all, all different places. So yeah. Very cool. And then do, does uh, do you or Erlam have any final words for our audience? 
Um, okay, so Errol M is saying, uh, so he's saying, Alex, thank you so much for allowing me to speak on your program today. He is saying, um, he's saying, um, and thank you to all of your listeners. It's a wonderful time for you all to be on the planet. And oh, he's also saying anyone who wishes to contact their guide or have more of kind of an impact of their guide in their lives just simply has to ask for that. Just say to your guide anytime, hey, I don't want you talking to me particularly, but if you want to send some good stuff my way, that would be great. You can do that. So he's saying that. And I would just like to say that you, sir, are phenomenal. <laughs> Thank you um, so you're much. doing the good work. You are doing the good work. And I'm telling you, all the stuff you have online in the master classes and the people. And I am, I just feel so, so um, you know, proud to be a part of being on your show and being one of your people. I'm I'm proud to do that. Um, because it's, you know, every bit of this stuff is stuff that people can just grow. And you can bite off a little or you can bite off a lot. You can start where you are and just start learning. And that's what you're doing. You're doing the good work. I appreciate that very much, my dear. Thank you so much for the the book and for and for the work that you're doing to help uh, awaken souls around the world. So I thank Absolutely. you, and I appreciate you. Awesome. I want to thank Melissa so much for coming on the show and sharing her gifts with all of us. If you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode, head over to the show notes at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash 224. And if you've only been listening to this over podcast and you want to watch these amazing conversations, please subscribe to our YouTube channel at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, trust the journey. It is here to teach you. I'll talk to you soon.